This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to M Bloom Podcast. My name is Abby Aslan. I'm the host of this podcast. How's everybody doing today when you're listening to this? Hope everybody's doing well. I'm currently recording this on midday on Sunday, um, and it's like super gloomy out honestly but I'm so here for it I love a good gloomy Sunday and I'm so grateful right now because I spent like late afternoon yesterday cleaning and then um my boyfriend like did all the floors last night and today I'm just like doing laundry so like all I'm doing today is laundry and it feels so nice to like have the cleaning done on like before Sunday because I normally save cleaning for Sundays I feel like and I'm so glad that it's done with because today I've been able to like get other things done and also going to actually have time to relax today which is very much needed so I'm very happy about that but anyways um this week I'm going to be talking about protecting your peace this is something that's very important to me and it's something that I didn't even realize was really a thing I want to say until like maybe this time last year and um I don't know like I just this time last year like a really realize like how important it is to protect your peace and um just like the true meaning of it and I'm going to be talking about the ways that either I do protect my peace or the ways that I am going to start implementing to help protect my peace because it's something that's like a constant work in progress and you never achieve a true perfect level of it because it truly is something that you have to like adjust with time and it's is still so important but yeah I feel like I have some really really great tips for you all to help protect your peace and just like achieve an inner stability so that you know when things do come for you to affect you you are you know naturally at a state of peace instead of at a stage of distress because the way you respond to things is so so crucial and I think the way we respond to things is oftentimes affected by how at peace we are with ourselves on the inside and how we react and how we respond makes a world of a difference and if you're not like at a place of inner stability and peace in your life you're likely going to have more like severe responses and reactions to things and it'll be like very much so on the extreme side of things instead of having a more rational and realistic response. So I'm really looking forward to this episode. I had a really good time planning it. I've like had like a lot of like light bulb ideas like come in my head as I was planning it. So I always love when I have those moments when I'm planning for episodes because I'm like, okay, this is going to be a good one. So let's go ahead and get into it. But first I have to share my quotes for the week and then my goal for the week and gratitude. Y'all know the deal. So my quote for this week is from Pinterest, and the quote is, it is our own mental attitude which makes the world what it is for us. Our thoughts make things beautiful. Our thoughts make things ugly. The whole world is in our own minds. Learn to see things in the proper light. And I think this is just a really good reminder. Um, It's a great way to sort of shift your mindset into a perspective of gratitude. And um, it's really just a great reminder that, you know, a lot of the things we feel and a lot of the things we 
see are a result of like how they are in our mind. And if we can shift the way we like look at things and how we look at things, um, that can improve a lot of our emotions and feelings. Obviously, this like is not across the board true for everything about our mental attitude making the world what it is for us. There's a lot of other variables at play, of course, but I think for the most part, for a lot of things, um, this does hold true. And it's just so important to remember that. You can choose to dwell on the negative aspects of something. And of course, you're always going to view that thing in a negative light and think that that thing sucks and that it's ugly. Or you can choose to, you know, look at the positives of something while still recognizing that there are negatives and the positives will likely, you know, outweigh the negatives if you choose to dwell on them more and you'll likely see things in a new light. So I just really like that quote. And then my goal for this week, I wanted to revisit last week's goals before I shared this week's goal because, um, last week, if y'all listened, um, then you remember my goal from last week was I had two and one of them was to sort of like work on, my mood swings like when I'm working and also to book a therapy appointment so I have something to say about both of those things I had a therapist picked out which I think I've explained to y'all like I found somebody through the free therapy that I get like through work um because you kind of just like put in your like needs I guess you could say and then it kind of shows you therapists in your area and I found one that I liked like um like literally three weeks ago And I just couldn't get myself to make an appointment. But then last week, I was like, okay, that's going to be my goal this week. I'm going to do it. I'm going to book the appointment. Like, I need to just make the jump and do it. And I had had the tab opened on my computer all week, but I waited until Friday, like two days ago, to book the appointment. And I go to book it, and the therapist that I, like, really wanted to go to isn't showing up anymore. And I'm like, what the heck? So I literally – I didn't know, like, what was wrong. I was like, did I, like – I don't know – why it wasn't showing I was like did I put in my location differently like was I too exact like with zip code or like do I need to just say the city like what do I need to do so I was trying to figure that out and I was like you know what I'm just gonna chat with support because I'm like that desperate (laughs) and so I like did the little chat support and I was like hey like I have you know wanted to book an appointment for a while but I just haven't gotten the chance to yet and I really wanted the book with a specific therapist, but they're not showing up anymore when I like search. So could you like possibly direct me to their page so I can, you know, book an appointment and they're not accepting new clients anymore and they're full. And they literally weren't like on Monday when I looked and like opened up the page, but I just waited until Friday to book an appointment. And part of me is like, okay, maybe that it was meant to happen you know what I mean like maybe that therapist wouldn't have been a good match for me and there's a reason that she's full right now and I can't book with her um and of course that like happened the week I decided to finally book an appointment after I've literally known I wanted to go to her for three weeks so part of me is thinking like that and the other part of me is like no this is literally just a consequence of your inability to act on something And this is what happens, Abby, when you're not indecisive necessarily, but this is what happens when you're apprehensive and fearful about things and let your fear control you. You lose your opportunity. So I kind of feel on both sides of that coin, like, okay, it wasn't meant to be, but I also am like, no, this is literally just a consequence of my actions or my lack of action, I guess you could say. So I'm not um, happy about that because now I have to like find somebody else and like, 
nothing wrong with the other people who showed up when I like did the search again but like literally none of them just like sounded right for me based on the description so I was like fabulous <laughs> um so I don't know what to do because like obviously I want to take advantage of the free services through work because I get 25 sessions a year which it's already February so that's you know two two times a month plus extra in some months and I doubt I'll even have time to go that often so back to square one of trying to find somebody and I know that like I don't have to find the perfect person like the first time I go like I probably just need to try but it's like I at least want to try to find a match like I don't want to just go into something blind and be having to have a first therapy session with a bunch of different therapists like I'd rather you know try and narrow it down to somebody that seems really aligned with me and you know hopefully have luck the first time and then go from there but um I don't know. I just, I'm back to square one. And then the other thing, working on my mood swings with work, last week I talked about how, like, one day, like, I'll be like, oh, like, you know, this isn't bad. Like, I really don't mind my job at all. Like, it's really not bad. Like, people are really dramatic about, like, working nine to fives and how much they suck. And then the next day, I'm, like, in tears because I'm so, like, overwhelmed, stressed out. I hate what I'm doing and I feel like I can't do a second longer of it. And it's just, like, this roller coaster of emotions. Like, going from the lowest low to like I don't want to say the highest high because it's not like I'm like this is my dream job but it's like going from the lowest low to like an okay point which is still a big jump and all I want to say about that is I have no idea how to fix that um I set that as my goal last week and I literally had no actionable plan of assessing that because I literally have no idea how to work with that so if you're somebody that's like dealt like dealt with that with work like with your job where you go from like these lowest of low feelings about like what you're doing to and not even necessarily about what you're doing in your job but like it's just like a response and reaction to like that day like how that day is going like how do you keep yourself more stable and not so all over the place when it comes to like having like a really really bad day to like a good day the next and sometimes this happens within one day like I'll have like a really rough morning and then it's like an hour passes and I'm like I'm literally so dramatic I'm fine like why am I all over the place so if you have any tips for that please like let me know them because I need help because I had like more episodes of that this week where I was like distraught and just not doing well and then the next day I was fine um and it's very situational and I think it's because of the nature of my work because it's like I could have like nothing going on and be waiting for something to come in and therefore like I'm not very stressed out and then an hour later I could have six people email me asking me for something in the next day so it's like I think my response is justified with how like freaked out I get and how stressed out I get and how overwhelmed I get with it because it is so volatile like there's no aspect of consistency to working in big four accounting like at all because or at least in when you're starting out like because the the situation I'm in like I'm kind of like rotating through different like areas so it's like things are constantly changing I'm not just like working on the same stuff all the time which is great because you learn a lot but it also really sucks because the second you get used to something you have to move on to something else and there's a lot of anxiety associated with that because I, as soon as I start to feel comfortable with something, I finally feel good and confident in what I'm doing. And then it's like ripped out. It's like literally having a rug ripped out from under you. And then it's like, oh, here's something else. Figure it out. And it's really overwhelming. So if you have any tips, let me know because your girl is struggling with that. And I think a lot of it this week, 
I tried to be a lot more mindful of my emotions and remind myself like you know this isn't a forever feeling like I'm stressed out right now I recognize that like let me go take a walk really quick with Ella and I will you know come back sit at my desk and we're going to tackle this now and get it done with and it'll be over in a couple hours and I try to like think like that but um my wi-fi like was not working this past week and Xfinity was literally being as stubborn as like a two-year-old with trying to get an appointment set up and get it fixed so it added like a lot of unnecessary stress on top of my stress I already had so that just made things really hectic but we're good we're back in business now but like I said if you have any tips let your girl know um but anyways my goal for this week is to have a better mindset going into the weekends so I feel like everybody's probably Everybody probably universally agrees that like Friday nights, or at least everybody that works like a nine to five job that works like Monday through Friday type of thing, um, Friday nights are the best because when you log off of work, you're like, oh my gosh, I have two full days ahead of me before I have to do work again. And maybe that means we're, you know, not working the best job for us if we're like thinking like that all the time, but like... I think that's natural to like feel that way no matter how much you love your job because you're going to get tired at the end of a week, obviously. Um, And a lot of people are so quick to say like, if you don't enjoy every second of your job, then you need to quit and go find something else. No, that's not the case. Like not everything is rainbows and butterflies all the time. We all know that. Um, But I have this like horrible relationship with like my mindset over the weekends. Like I really look forward to like Friday evening, but then the second Friday evening gets here, I'm just like stressed because I'm like thinking of all the things I have to do over the weekend and I get mad. Like then I get like all this anger inside of me because I can't enjoy my weekend as much as I would like to. And I get mad that we only have two days of a weekend. And, you know, I've been working for, I think this is my sixth week I'm coming up on. And I, I worked for, you know, like my first like four weekends and, um, I'm trying to be better about like not thinking I have to get ahead on every single thing. Like if somebody doesn't give me like a deadline for the weekend or, you know, first thing Monday morning, I'm not going to force myself to work over the weekend if it's like not needed. But like if somebody asked me to, of course I will, but I'm trying to be better about that. Um, but I mean the four weekends I did work, I truly did have work. Um, so it's not like I could just be like, oh yeah, I'm not going to work. But, um, I have felt pressured all weekend like to just like sit around on my computer um just because I'm at home and I can do that because you know working from home or whatever and I feel like obligated to just sit at my computer and I'm like I don't even have like I have stuff I could work on but it's like I did I stayed up Friday night or stayed on longer so that I could finish it all I have to do is like quickly review it and then send it off and it's not even like due like this weekend like I so I'm just like I need to calm down like why am I thinking like this I don't need to feel like I need to be on my computer 24 7 um and I don't know it's really hard because there's nothing like set in stone like it's just like I feel like there's an expectation over me that I need to be like available 24 7 over the weekend but I think like most of that expectation is self-imposed so I don't know um but I just want to have a better mindset going into the weekend because I've noticed that every single like Saturday morning I get like really mad because I'm just like oh my gosh like I only have like today and tomorrow and you know I I always do my YouTube video editing and then my podcast planning and recording on the weekends so that normally takes up like the bulk of 
um, you know, part of a day. So it's like I'd say it normally takes up Friday evenings if I don't do anything Friday evenings. Um, and then obviously like an hour on Sundays when I record. Um, but usually it's not more than like, I would say like five hours max of work. Um, maybe six if I have like a lot of, you know, video footage to go through or something. But anyways, then it's like the other day of the weekend. I, it's like my boyfriend and I are trying to clean our place. Cause like we like to have a clean place going into the week and both of us are that way. So it's like, I don't have much time to enjoy myself because on top of that, it's like, you know, you want to be social with people. And then on top of that, you have like life maintenance type of things to do, like the appointments that you can't go to during the week. Like I, you know, if I have to go to a doctor or something like that, like making that on the weekend, if I have to get my car's oil changed, like random stuff like that, even like getting your nails done, like stuff like that has to be done on the weekends. And I'm like, where is there time for me to like relax and recharge? Because there's none. And I know people like may say like you're, you know, maybe I need to, you know, not do YouTube and podcasting or whatever. But I'm like, that's five hours of my weekend. Like, yes, that's like a large portion of the daytime, but it's like a lot of times I do that stuff at night. And it really... I mean, I don't know. And I'm not asking for like an entire like day of doing nothing. I just like want more free time. And I think I just get overwhelmed because I normally keep a running list of things like in my phone of things I have to do. And my personality, I have the tendency to think that like if I have a list, I have to get all that stuff on that list done like on the same day. And if not on the same day, like each thing needs to be done the second I have a moment of free time open up. So that's like my mindset on stuff like that. And I think that that's just something I need to work on because, you know, like this past week, like I had this long list on my phone of things I needed to do over the weekend. And it was like grocery shop. I had two appointments. Um, I needed to go donate, drop off and donate clothes. I needed to um, finish getting all of my stuff together for my taxes to send to my accountant. And then like three or four other things that I needed to do, like whether it was like calling somebody about something or I don't know, just like all these random things. And it just having that list going into the weekend, like I thought I was doing good for myself by like being prepared. And I was because like I need to keep a running list of those things or I'll literally forget about them. But it sort of put me in a place where I like was overwhelmed going into the weekend because I just saw this like long list of things I had to do. And it just made me angry that I couldn't enjoy my weekend. But the reality is, is I don't have to do like, yes, there are time sensitive things on that list. And like, yes, I need to do them. But the reality is like, I'm sitting here acting like I'm not going to have like a few hours of free time, like on Sunday or whatever. And that like my entire list is going to take up my entire weekend and acting like every single thing on that list, like had to be done this weekend. Like, did I have to go donate clothes this weekend? No, I didn't have to do that. But like, I wanted to get all that stuff together because it's been on my to-do list for a long time. So I finally did it. But realistically speaking, I probably should have waited until I had a more free weekend so that I wasn't causing more stress for myself. Um, So really, I just want to like, I don't know, I want to be better about, you know, my approach when it comes to like list making and stuff and not feeling like I need to do everything right away just because it's on a list. Like maybe like splitting up like this needs to be done, you know, today or by tomorrow. This stuff can be done in the next week. And then this stuff, like, just keep it on your radar, but it can just be done whenever, like, I have free time open up and I, like, want to use it. Instead of, okay, I have a moment of free time. What can I get done right now? Like, it doesn't always have to be that way. And I think that my natural approach to, like, how I see lists and everything and to-do lists has affected the way I feel about the weekends. And it's, like, I don't want to start off my weekend on a bad mindset. Like, I want to have a good mindset about it. It's like, oh, I'm so thankful to have like, you know, 
this time off, especially like knowing that I have worked a lot of weekends already. It's like, wow, I should be so grateful that I don't have to like work as much this weekend or that I don't have to work at all if that's the case. And um, I don't know. It's just like hard. And I think that this is just honestly a side effect of like the transition to working full time Um, because it's just not like a routine I'm used to yet. And I think like as I get more and more used to this routine, like I will – stop thinking of weekends as like my catch-all for like every single little to do ever and like actually being better about balancing my time on the weekends because I think I also just think this time of year things are a lot more stressful at the beginning of the year because I feel like you always like have or at least I feel like I always have like my annual like appointment type of things um at the beginning towards the beginning of the year um I there's normally like something with my car like just service and then taxes like All of those are, like, life maintenance things that are really annoying to do, but it's, like, they're not things that you have to do all the time. So I need to, like, also keep that in mind. Like, a lot of these to-dos are things that, you know, I do right now, and I'm not going to have to worry about them for another, you know, four months, six months, or a year. And I have to remember that. I don't have to, like, think, like, oh, it's going to be like this every single weekend because it's not. But, and I don't know, that may be, like, sound bizarre that I, like, literally am this ridiculous, but... It's just the way I am and it's like I just truly have had so much to do in terms of like my maintaining like just random things in my life and um, taking care of, you know, things and it, it can just be really stressful and I think when you've had a stressful week, like you want nothing more than to just like do nothing for like days on end. But in reality, like I don't recharge well that way, like I can't just sit still on the couch for like an entire day and some people may say that that's like wrong or unhealthy or whatever but like that's just not me like that may be how you recharge but it's not how I recharge like I love like getting my space tidy I love like going and getting fresh groceries for the week I love um just enjoying time with the people that like I really love and those are the type of things that I like to do with my weekend. And it's so it's not like I think at the end of the week, I'm like, oh, I just want to do nothing. So then I set that expectation in my head that I want to do nothing. And then I remember that I have like stuff that I actually do need to tend to. And then it bothers me. But then at the end of the weekend, I normally feel fine. It's just going into the weekend. I have this very like weird mindset about it. And I just want to be, um, better about it and my gratitude for this week is exercise because throughout this week with all like random stressors I had with like getting my stuff together for my taxes my internet not working just stressful things at work and everything exercise has saved me um it's actually kind of crazy how much more motivated I am to like work out now with working full-time than I was when I was like studying for the CPA full-time and It's so crazy because I just, I truly thought I, like, wouldn't be motivated at all when I, like, started working. And, I mean, I think coming from a place of having been in somewhat of a fitness routine, which I was only working out once or twice a week when I was, like, studying for the CPA. But coming from a place where I had somewhat of a routine and I'm not necessarily starting from zero and then trying to get in a routine, I think that helped. But I'm just, like, so thankful that I am able to move my body and so thankful that... You know, I have a place that I can go that I can just, you know, force myself to be away from my computer 
and you know force myself to just try and be as present as possible in like the 45 minutes like I love going to spent class I never thought I would love it as much as I do because I've always been the type of person to be like yeah I can tolerate it like once a week and then like outside of that it's just too much for me um and I've like gotten to a place where like it's truly just it it saves me so it's like I crave being there now because it just provides me with so much peace honestly because it's like I go there and it's like I feel so like uplifted inspired and just refreshed after each class like I literally like when I walk in and when I walk out I feel like an entirely new person when I walk out and like I could be like just absolutely anxious beyond belief about something and I can go in there and like when I come out just the endorphins like that overwhelming like rush of just the feeling of endorphins like and just moving your body and everything it's such a good feeling and it seriously mitigates the feelings of my anxiety so so much so I'm just beyond grateful that I'm able to exercise and beyond grateful for the spin studio I go for and also like I mean, I literally only go once or twice a week, but like outside of that, like just walking on the treadmill in my apartment gym, I'm grateful to have an apartment gym so I can like go and do that when I want to and need to and just take care of my body because it has made a world of a difference in my mental health so far with working full time. Not so like on edge when it comes to the weekends. So let's get into how I protect my peace um, and protecting your peace in general. If you've like never heard this term, which I'm sure you have, um, basically it just means like doing things you can to keep yourself as stable on the inside as you can and just keep yourself in a natural state of peace and um it's so that when things come your way that are outside of your control or unplanned for um or anything like that you are reacting from a natural state of peace instead of a natural state of you know just being all over the place or a natural state of stress and um also it just helps you have a better overall mood um it can improve like your relationships with your friends family or significant other with yourself even because you are acting out of a place of stability and peace and it's something that's so important to me because there have been periods in my life where I've been in a constant state of stress and anxiety and in those situations I am where I'm constantly reacting from a place of stress and constantly reacting from a place of fear or being worried. Um, It's really disruptive to other things in my life. You know, like I have a lot more impulsive and extreme reactions to things if I'm, you know, at a natural state of stress. And I think most people probably do just because you're more likely to be affected emotionally by things just because you're so emotionally unstable so being in a state of peace is so important to me because I know what it's like to have lived through being in a natural state of stress and worry and fear and I also know what it feels like to live from a natural state of peace I've kind of had both sides of the coin there for my life in different times and honestly this comes and goes like depending on what's going on in your life like you're probably not always going to be in a natural state of stability and peace because life is stressful, life is crazy, things happen. But if you have things in your like toolbox, your little personal toolbox that you can use to help you protect your peace, then you will know when you do start to like feel like you're kind of getting to a natural state of unrest and 
a natural state that isn't as calm, you can, you know, pull things from that toolbox to sort of get yourself back to that level of inner stability. So I wanted to talk about how I protect my peace and like the things that I'm working on in terms of protecting my peace because I've not perfected all of these things by any means, but some of them I, you know, definitely utilize more than others. So the very first thing, I have to mention social media because I think this is something that disturbs everybody's peace and I think a lot of people don't realize it disturbs their peace. But the way I sort of protect my peace with social media is, you know, if I notice somebody that I'm following is, you know, stirring up feelings or disturbing how I feel about my own life, you know, obviously that's probably a reflection of an insecurity I have within myself. Like you can't consume someone's content and then get like super bothered by it and have like these really negative feelings and blame it on that person most of the time, especially if it's just like them putting out like very normal content like obviously if it was something else it would be different but like if it's just like a very normal piece of content and you're like bothered by it um by them just like living their life or something you probably have some sort of insecurity within you that you know you need to maybe tend to because it's causing like those feelings and it's like they're not directly causing those feelings to you like they are doing nothing to you in that situation um they probably don't even know who you are if it's like an influencer that you're following or something But what I'm getting at is a lot of times that's like an insecurity deep down that, you know, you have. So like if that happens to me, like say like I see somebody's like on a amazing looking vacation and I get like super just like jealous and I just feel in a bad mood after I like see the picture of their beautiful vacation. I'm like, okay, clearly I, you know, wish I was in that position and I'm feeling these feelings of jealousy and I wish that you know, I was on that same vacation. And, you know, if I am so bothered by that, like, then I can protect my peace by like muting their posts for a while until they're back home. And then I want to see their content again, or I'm following them or whatever. Um, I mean, this doesn't really happen often. But like, sometimes like you're just in that state where it's like, you can't consume certain people's content. And that's okay. Because, you know, you just have to take it upon yourself to recognize that. And, um, I try to, anytime that happens, I try to be like, okay, clearly I'm feeling jealous, but it's like, how can I, you know, maybe turn this around? Like, I know I feel jealous, but like, I'm super happy that they're getting to experience that because it gives me hope that I'm going to be able to experience that soon. You know what I mean? Like not necessarily being like, oh, they're so lucky. And then like moving on with it or whatever. Um, I really like to try and like reframe those thoughts every chance I get because, I think that it can really transform um, a lot of those feelings and a lot of that insecurity you may have in the moment if you can, you know, be like, you know what, I'm so happy that they're able to do this because, you know, maybe that means sometime soon I'll get the same chance and they shared this place with me. So now I can add it to my list of places I want to travel to or something like that. But, um, you know, if I do happen to consume someone's content that, you know, maybe makes me feel inferior about my own life or something, I or if I feel the need to compare myself to them um to keep myself from constantly stirring up those feelings you know I do either unfollow or mute the person if I have to and it has nothing to do with them most of the time like I said but it's important to recognize the way other people's content makes you feel especially in today's society with the literal infinite amount of content that you can consume um like I used to feel like consuming content was very like defined and there was definitely like a limit to it but I think with so many different apps and like so many people using these apps it truly is you can basically say it's like 
approaching infinite for sure in terms of the amount of content you can consume. Um, But on the other side of that, you know, what content do you consume that makes you feel happy and peaceful and content and inspired and just feeling good? Because there's definitely some of that out there. Like there are, sometimes I like see quotes and stuff or like, man, if I go on Pinterest, like going on Pinterest is literally like getting a high. I like don't know what it is but it's like once pinterest is like to your aesthetic and your feed and what you like it is so fun i love going on it and same thing with tumblr but i feel like tumblr is a little bit darker naturally um and maybe it's just from like who i follow <laughs> like tumblr gives me the same type of feelings where it's like i'm just enjoying my time on the app even though like i said it's usually much more like negative bias stuff but i think that's just the nature of tumblr in general so Anyways, try and filter your feeds as much as you can so you can have more of the things that make you feel good and inspired and make you feel good about yourself and make you feel happy instead of, you know, following a bunch of people that, you know, may make you feel like inferior or you may feel more inclined to compare yourself to because you haven't resolved an insecurity within yourself. And that's totally okay. Like, I'm not like saying that that's like a horrible thing and you're a horrible person if you feel that. I'm just saying like, that's probably something that you need to, you know, work on and address yourself so that, you know, you're not constantly, like, being negatively affected by other people just, like, living their life, I guess. Um, And the next thing is kind of related to social media, but not letting myself sit on my phone for long periods of time. This is transformative, you guys, for protecting your peace. Because inevitably, when you're, like, on your phone for a long time, like, you're gonna run across something that's probably gonna, like, stress you out, put you in a bad mood, or make you feel down. Um, Because that's just, like, statistically speaking, you're exposing yourself to more content. Therefore, you're more likely to come across something that's gonna bother you or make you feel stressed out or worried or scared. And that's going to, you know, cause you to disrupt your peace more. Um, Because that's just how it goes if you're, you know, spending a long amount of time on your phone. And you are giving your phone the power to affect your peace when you're doing that. Like, you're like, hey, phone, I'm going to sit on you for like two hours and I'm letting you control like how I feel by doing that. Because I am fully allowing myself to be affected by like whatever I see on my phone. And it may not be that deep for some people, but for me it is. And that's just something I have to like recognize and acknowledge about myself. But I don't let myself sit on my phone for like super long periods of time. Like I rarely probably sit on my phone for longer than like 30 minutes, 45 minutes max. And that's usually like at the end of the day. But even then I like really try to like not even spend that long on it. And I will say a lot of this has to do with I think the phase of life you're in when you're in college I think you probably spend a lot more time on your phone um and like just with working full-time I just I'm really not on my phone that often you know like I you know maybe look at it in the morning before I get on work and then if I take a lunch break then I'll check it on my lunch break and then at the end of the day I don't want to look at a screen anymore like my eyes freaking hurt my head hurts so I'll like check in with an app for like five minutes and I'm like I can't do this like I don't want to do this right now so I get off and listening to myself has been so important with that because for the first couple of weeks of working I felt obligated to like check through my social media and like check my notifications and see what the people I like know and like what I want to see are up to and now it's like yeah I still like seeing that like my few close friends I have like they post something like I want to see it because I just like love seeing what they're up to because it's just like a way of feeling close to them like I don't have a desire to like stay up to date with like 
all these like influencers. I don't have a desire to completely be up to date on everything. Like that's not my job when it comes to social media. It's not anybody's job. Like you do not need to sit there and like consume every single thing that's there. And I used to be that way. Like I think I've told y'all about that on the podcast before a long time ago. I used to like not be able to go on Instagram without going through every single story, like clicking through every single story, even if I wasn't watching it. I just needed it cleared at the top and I needed to like know that I went through my entire newsfeed. And I don't know why, like thinking back and thinking that I ever used to be like that, like really disturbs me, but it's just like how I was. And I had to get to a point where I was like, this is so ridiculous. Like I, there's no reason I need to be doing this. And now I finally like I normally probably look at the first three or four stories and then I like scroll through my feed and like nowadays especially on Instagram half my feed is people I'm not even following and it's like recommended or suggested or promoted stuff and it just makes me mad so I just like literally get off the app because I'm like I can't see anything that I want to see from the people that I follow so I'm just gonna get off (laughs) and I leave it at that but it's truly been so transformative for me to just not be on my phone as much because I've found that I just feel a lot more at peace with my life and I just feel like a lot more I don't know just happy when I'm not just like sitting on my phone because I'm able to like spend my time doing other things that I enjoy whether you know that's just chilling out whether that's reading a book hanging out with my dog hanging out with my boyfriend um getting something done around the house like whatever it is it's just better than sitting there on my phone and don't get me wrong like yeah every now and then I'll probably have a day where I like spend like an hour on TikTok, but that's usually because I was liking what I was seeing on TikTok. So I just kept watching, but I really try to limit the amount of time I'm like on my phone for a long period of time. And I think that's really beneficial in my opinion. Um, And the next thing is to not force myself to do things I don't want to do, even when I feel pressured to do them, especially due to FOMO. Um, This is something like that has to do with respecting yourself and your boundaries, which I'm going to talk about soon. But you know, if you don't want to do something, don't force yourself to do it just because you have FOMO. And if you don't want to do something, you know, there's probably a reason why in your gut, like you don't feel like doing that thing and why you don't want to do it. So listen to yourself, you know, don't force yourself to do anything that you don't want to do. Um, Especially when it's like you're pressuring yourself because of FOMO or something like that. Because I think that's the worst case scenario because that's like you basically saying, I don't care about my own wants and needs and I'm literally only doing this because I'm worried about missing out on it. And that's just horrible. And I think that that really um, isn't respectful towards yourself. And, you know, I used to be somebody that would just like force myself to do things just because it felt like what I should do. Like I remember in college, like maybe it was like a Thursday night and I was just like really exhausted because I had a long day or something. And I have friends that like wanted to go out and I would go out because I felt like it was what I should do. And I mean, granted, there were definitely a lot of times that I went out and I didn't want to, and I'm glad I did afterwards. And I think it's important to have a balance there and not necessarily say no to everything every time you're not feeling it. But I do think that like, if you truly at your core, just like don't feel up to doing something, like there's probably a reason why, and like you should honor that. Um, And I don't know. That's something in college I struggled with a lot because I just felt like there was so much I should be doing and that I should be going to. And that dictated so much of what I did instead of my own wants and desires dictating what I do, if that makes sense. And the next thing is keeping things private. Not everything needs to be shared. And there is so much beauty and intimacy that I think a lot of people don't see. 
you know, whether that's with yourself or with others, like if it's stuff like with yourself, like little achievements or improvements you've made yourself and keeping those things private, it's like, it can be really intimate with yourself or it can be intimate in a friendship, relationship, whatever. I think intimacy is impacted a lot in our lives and in our generation due to social media and thinking that, you know, every little moment and highlight needs to be made public. And granted, I mean, if it makes you happy to do that, then do it. But it does shed away like a level of intimacy that you really only get if you're maintaining some level of privacy to things. And there's something really special about moments and memories and thoughts being exclusive to you um, and or with others within your circle. And, you know, not everyone needs or deserves access to you and your accomplishments and your failures. And putting every single thing out there on social media is making yourself accessible to people who don't deserve access to you. And I don't mean this in like a rude or standoffish way. And I'm not saying like, oh, don't share anything on social media. And like, you don't deserve to know like anything about my life. I'm not saying it like that. So don't take it that way. I'm just saying, you know, keep like some of those like happy moments private to yourself because there is so much beauty in that and keeping it, you know, with you and the person that experienced it. And it doesn't have to be shared with everybody. And I'm saying this more so in a way, don't feel pressured to share it with everybody. Um, I don't, like I said, like, I feel like this could be taken like a completely different way than the way I'm trying to deliver it. But it's just the perspective of how healthy it is to keep some things private because some moments are just best enjoyed by you yourself or with you and the other person that experienced the moment. And you've made that moment, um... And the second you share it with everybody, you know, it becomes everybody's and that's okay. And there's plenty in my life that I am that way where I do share it with everyone because I make it everyone's moment. But then there's other things that, you know, I do like to have a level of privacy too. So I keep them with myself. Um, and that's just like my choice. And it's because I don't think it's something that necessarily needs to be accessible to everyone. You know what I mean? And you the second you put it out on social media you've made that moment or that thought belong to everyone else as well even if that wasn't your intention because it's out there for them to make their own if that makes sense um and I really hope that nobody takes it the wrong way I'm not saying like oh y'all don't deserve access to me like that's not what I'm saying I'm saying like people in general like aren't we're not meant to have every single little detail and moment of our lives no matter who you are accessible by literally anyone anybody who has access to the internet you know what I mean like that's just not the way I think life is meant to be lived in my opinion so um the next thing is really huge I don't do things for the sake of external validation or to appear a certain way um for example I'm not gonna go eat at a restaurant or wear a certain outfit just so I can post it on social media or I'm not going to post certain things in an effort to get a certain response. And I've never really heavily been into this. I think there have been times where I've been like, oh, I want to wear this outfit because I think it'll like really do well on social media. And I think that that's just like a natural thought that a lot of content creators typically have um, and a natural response. But sometimes as a content creator, you get caught up in thinking your content needs to look a certain way, which can turn into doing things solely for the sake of the content itself or doing things in an effort to, you know, get a certain response from people on social media. And it creates this like super artificial and superficial dynamic in how you live your life 
that honestly I don't think is very healthy because it results in you losing sight of what your true desires are since you're too caught up in what you feel like you need to show and what you should show and do. So, you know, if you're doing things just for the sake of getting more likes on Instagram or, you know, getting a certain reaction from somebody on social media, you could literally be posting something for the sake of like your ex-boyfriend seeing it. Like if that's something that you do and it's like that type of stuff, I feel like really just messes with your inner stability and peace because it's like you are setting this expectation for other people on social media and it's like you don't have control over how they take it and consume it you know like you could be like I'm gonna go you know I'm gonna wear this outfit I'm gonna post it on social media because I'm I know like I expect it to get like a ton of comments and a ton of likes if that's you know the way you're thinking of it And then you set that expectation and you're setting yourself up for disappointment if that doesn't happen. And like, sure, it's fine to think that way if that's like the way you like to look at your content. But I think it just creates like this very superficial way of living your life because you're now doing things just for the sake of being validated by other people instead of just validating yourself and validating the things you do because you want to do them and not because it's what somebody else approves of, if that makes sense. Um, And the next thing is I don't, or I try not to self-sabotage with negative self-talk and thinking of the worst outcome for every freaking situation and making up hypothetical scenarios in my head. Um, I still struggle with this one a lot, but once you can master this or at least like get to an almost master level of this, cause you'll probably never truly master it. Then I feel like you get to like this whole new level of protecting your peace. Um, I have episodes like from, you know, a year or a year, maybe even longer on um, self-sabotage and negative self-talk and everything like that. Um, If you want to hear more details on that. But I personally, I think I struggle more with thinking of the worst outcome for every situation and making up hypothetical scenarios in my head. Um, And I think that's just comes from a natural state of anxious thinking Um, Like when I have a certain situation come up that I'm worried about, I'm going to think of the worst possible outcome and I'm going to dwell on that worst possible outcome happening and that's going to cause me a lot of stress. But if, you know, you can avoid that type of self-sabotage and if you can avoid talking down on yourself and ruining situations because you're too in your head about them or because you're just, you know, thinking of the worst that's truly just disturbing your inner stability and your peace because you're doing it to yourself. And um, the more you can really speak life into yourself and have positive self-talk and maybe think of the best outcome of situations instead of the worst, you know, you're setting yourself up for more of a foundation of peace. And the next thing is honoring my boundaries and having respect for my own feelings and emotions. Um... I'd say growing up, I didn't know what personal boundaries were. I didn't know that I needed to respect my own feelings and emotions. And everything I did was to respect um, or in an effort. I did, It wasn't like I did it perfectly and flawlessly because I'm human and I make mistakes. But I, at my core, my desire was to appeal to everybody else and respect everybody else's wishes and make sure their wishes are fulfilled. And I had no regard for my own feelings and my own emotions and my own well-being and this kind of goes along with just you know making sure that you're 
honoring yourself and honoring your boundaries and not compromising your boundaries for the sake of pleasing others or keeping others happy. And I keep myself at peace by knowing that I have to respect myself enough to not compromise my boundaries for anyone or anything. And knowing that anytime I do compromise those boundaries, I'm literally disrespecting myself. And when I think of it that way, when I'm like, Abby, anytime you're like saying, okay, whatever to your boundaries and you're not respecting them, you are actively disrespecting yourself. And something about that doesn't sit right with me when I think of it that way. And it helps me understand the true meaning of honoring my boundaries because it makes me realize how horrible it is to consistently choose to disrespect myself as a conscious choice. And whether that's, you know, social boundaries and social settings or boundaries you may set with your job professionally or relational boundaries with friendships or family, relationship, whatever, they're all equally important to honor to prevent your peace from being disrupted. And I think back to like younger me and I'm like if I just would have respected my own feelings and my own emotions and respected myself more growing up I could have saved myself so much hurt because I just like consciously chose to disrespect my boundaries all the time and you know I by doing that I was disrespecting myself and showing people in my life that they had permission to keep disrespecting me by dishonoring my boundaries. Like, how deep and powerful is that? You know what I mean? Like, I could have saved myself so much hurt because I was just, like, not caring about my own feelings, not caring about my own emotions, and I so badly wanted everybody else to have what they wanted that I would allow, like, I would go so far for them to get what they wanted to by like literally letting them continuously just absolutely disrespect me and my boundaries and allowing them to do that over and over again and showing that they can keep doing that. One, they're going to keep doing that and I'm going to keep being disturbed by it. And two, I'm literally consciously choosing to just dishonor my own boundaries every single time that I allowed it to happen and allowed somebody to do that. You know, like there were a lot of I think of like my like preteen years and everything and like my early teenage years with just like friendships, like how like friendships in those like early teen years are just very interesting. Like I feel like they're, that's like when they're the most problematic in terms of like there's the most drama or at least that's my experience. And I like would let people just continuously walk all over me and you know, show them that, hey, that's okay to keep doing because I'm continuously letting you do that and continuously letting you in my life and showing you that it's okay to um, disrespect me. So of course you're going to keep doing it if you can um, and it benefits you. So it's like, of course that's going to happen. And even in just like little situationships and stuff in like high school, it's just like, why was I so disrespectful of my own like boundaries and desires and wishes and just would literally go to any end possible to like make sure that the people around me like were happy and have what they want and it's like yeah sure you should like do all you can to make sure others are happy but not at the expense of disrespecting yourself you know what I mean um so just little things like that it's just like that is a serious disruptor to your peace because you are putting yourself at the bottom of the totem pole and that's going to set you up to continuously get hurt and therefore you're like never really going to be in a state of peace And the next thing is allowing myself to recharge in a way that benefits me. Um, I really need time alone to get myself in a place where I can enjoy 
my time being around others and be my best self when I'm spending time with others. Because if I don't get the chance to recharge the way I want to, I don't think I'm the most enjoyable person to be around. And it's not because I'm like mean or rude or whatever. I just feel like I'm a lot more disengaged. And I feel like you can see it on my face. You know what I mean? Like it, it's probably going to show if I didn't get to recharge the way I wanted to before doing something. Or if it's like if I'm on a trip with people or something and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I just need time to myself like right now. I feel like people can tell um, and it's like really easy to see and allowing myself to recharge in a way that benefits me is super important because if I don't let myself do that, it's obviously going to, you know, just not be as enjoyable for everybody around me. It's not going to be as enjoyable for me myself when I'm trying to do something. And as a result, that's going to cause me to be, you know, anxious and stressed when I'm around other people if I don't get to recharge the way I want to. So really allowing myself to like have time with myself and just true independence and just like allow myself to be with myself and do whatever it is that I need to do to recharge is such a great way for me to get to a place of like inner stability and peace because I feel like once my social battery is out and once my battery's out in general like I just need that time to recharge it and then I'll like really be at a good place of stability and the next thing is chasing the high after a workout Um, it provides me with so much peace when I'm feeling anxious or riled up from work. Like I'm not going to go into detail about it because it was literally my gratitude this week, but I truly like, I think it was, was it Thursday night? Yeah. Thursday night I went to spin class with my friend and I was so stressed out just between like my Wi-Fi not working. Like it had just been fixed, but like I was just, I had been on edge about that. And then I was also just on edge about work and I like went to the workout and like my mood just that evening and my mood just absolutely switched when I came out of the class. Like I was like, everything's going to be okay. I am okay. You know, a lot of this stress I was feeling was very situational and I'm like, you know, yes, it's still there, but like, it's going to be okay. Like stop thinking worst case scenario. Stop thinking like that. Um, cause that's just like, I think the source of a lot of my stress is like, I'm always thinking of the worst possible outcome for literally everything I do. If I get assigned a project at work, like my first thought is like, oh, if I don't do this right, am I going to get fired? Like, why am I thinking like that? Like, I don't know. That can't be, I don't know. I hope that's not normal and I hope not everybody's experiencing it, but it's like, I think it's just the source of stress with like starting something new and being new in general to the job. Um, there's just so much stress associated with it. And truly, I think the best way for me to manage my stress right now is by working out because it releases all of those endorphins and those do truly overpower a lot of the stress I'm having and doesn't necessarily eliminate it, but it allows me to be a lot more realistic about it and more rational. And it is truly like something I crave and look forward to now because it is an opportunity for me to feel so much better. And I know that when I come out of it, like I feel like I'm on just like, I imagine it's runner's high, but just like for exercising in general, just this wild feeling when your endorphins are just flowing really well and chasing that helps me be at such a better like state of peace as opposed to if I was just like sitting around at home after work and like not doing anything because I would probably be dwelling on whatever I was stressed and anxious about since I wasn't able to like take out all that negative energy in a workout and get some endorphins flowing to help overcome that negative energy and the next thing is having a mindset of faith over fear 
So whenever I'm feeling fearful or apprehensive about something, whether it's a work project or an event I'm anxious about, um, this is what I'm really like still working on. I'm trying to shift my mindset into an optimistic one and having faith in a good outcome or the best possible outcome instead of having that fearful mindset that I've been talking about that dwells on the worst case outcome or the less desired outcome. And I feel like I've mastered shifting my mindset into a naturally optimistic one from a naturally pessimistic one for the most part. And I've talked about that in an episode as well, like back in summer of 2020, I think. Um, But I haven't quite mastered the faith over fear mindset situationally yet, if that makes sense. So it's like everything I was just talking about, about thinking worst case scenario. I haven't really figured out how to, you know, have that approach of, a faith-based mindset instead of a fear-based mindset. And I'm like trying to really work on that because I think it could absolutely transform my stress and anxiety about a lot of things. And I think it could result in a lot better outcomes for things as well. If I come from a place of having faith instead of coming from a place of being fearful when I do those things or when I go to those events. And I think that that's something that's really transformative with your peace because when you're acting from a place of fear, you're literally stirring up feelings of fearfulness and anxiety and um, if you're thinking of the worst case scenario you are being fearful and that's going to create a lot more stress but if you can shift that and sort of turn it around and think okay like I have this event to go to I'm really worried about it I don't know anybody there and it's causing me a lot of like worries about my social anxiety so you can sit there and you can dwell on the worst possible outcome which you know might would be nobody like not talking to anybody the entire night not knowing anybody feeling really uncomfortable and feeling really like left out and like an outcast or you could think of it from the perspective of I don't know anybody there what a great opportunity to potentially make a new friend to you know maybe make a new acquaintance a great opportunity to just have like some lighthearted conversation with people that I have never met before a great opportunity to open my perspective and my mindset to by talking to other people that I are in my normal circle. Like there are two ways you can think of every situation and the more you can have that approach of a faith-based mindset instead of a fear-based mindset, it's really going to transform the way your inner peace is. And that's something that I think is going to be life-changing for me once I really figure it out. But since I'm in such a transitional stage with work and everything right now and starting a full-time job and like starting during busy season, it's been really hard for me to just like you know, snap my fingers and make that switch. And I don't think it's going to be a snap your fingers and the switch is done type of thing for anybody. It's definitely like a work in progress and you have to actively work on that and actively choose the faith-based mindset over the fear-based mindset when you're trying to shift your mindset like that. So I don't know. I think that one is going to be like a very core and specific goal of mine for the next couple of months. Um, I like to set like little mini goals throughout the year. Um, because it just helps me like stay accountable for the things I'm like trying to achieve in terms of like personal work and everything um, and working on myself. So that's definitely one I'm like wanting to focus on. And the next thing is avoid spending time with people who make you feel drained after spending time with them. I've had a handful of friendships in my life where the people just do nothing but complain a lot or they do nothing but talk poorly of others. And that's just really draining and it just really pulls you down into a negative place and you may not realize it initially like when you meet that person, 
But I think in time you start to recognize like how you feel after you spend time with people because you crave spending time with the people who make you like feel uplifted and make you feel good and like you're looking forward to the next time you spend time with them. Whereas the people who are like complaining all the time or have nothing good to say or are constantly, you know, just, I don't know, being down about something, they need love too. But it's like you may just need to find different situations to spend time with them. And like you're probably not going to want to spend time with them the same way you would spend time with somebody that you enjoy um, the company around. So like, for example, if I had a friend that just like complains a lot or just doesn't really have much good to say, I'm going to try to do something with them that sort of keeps them from you know talking a lot like maybe like make a plan to you know like go see a movie together and I've like never intentionally like done that but it's something like in retrospect when I reflect I'm like wow I could have like still shown them love that they need and still hung out with them by just like maybe being a little bit more intentional about what we did and not setting myself up in a position to allow themselves to just complain to me all the time and you can also just very easily be like hey like you know like let's talk about something else like what's going good in your life like what what are you looking forward to next weekend I don't know something like that like it doesn't have to be like so under the rug like this um but yeah you can like literally think like okay like what can I do with them that's going to keep them from complaining a lot like maybe doing something that they really enjoy doing instead of something you want to do um if it's going to keep them from complaining or something like that and I think a lot of people have the mindset of if you're not like adding to my life and if you're complaining a lot whatever completely cut you out I don't think that that's being very I don't want to say nice because that's not the word. That's just like not being very forgiving because like people go through phases in their life where they're, they may be, just be like struggling a lot with something and their natural state is a state of negativity and you may not be in that state and that's just like something that happens in friendships. You have to give, you know, people a little bit of slack sometimes. Like obviously if this is like a lifelong situation, then like yes, it's probably something that they need to realize and like they need to be brought to their attention but like a lot of times it's situational and like maybe somebody's complaining a lot just because they're not happy in their situation but I think as a friend like that's an opportunity for you to help them to see the light and help them to you know maybe look at the other side of things and present with them like an opportunity to see the positive instead of only thinking of the negative and having stuff to complain about and I know I think in periods of my life I've probably been that friend that's been complaining a lot and it really like hurts me to think that I've been that way with people but it's like I have so much gratitude and so much love in my heart for the people who like stick with me and like see past that because they know it's just situational for me and like I'm just going through a rough time and they've like still shown me love in that time so I want to be that same friend to those people by showing them that love that I know they need because I've been in that position myself you know what I mean I never ever 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 want any of my friends or loved ones to feel the way that like some people have made me feel before um so I'll do all I can to you know prevent that um and the next thing is to pay attention to your for lack of better word triggers and do your best to eliminate your interactions with them for example, I'm pretty much just going to give an example of this and move on because it's kind of self-explanatory, but I can't stand a lot of loudness at home when I'm at home. And I don't mind it in places where like loudness is the name of the game and it's like where it's meant to be, like at bars or at a concert or sporting events, whatever. 
But in my mind, I associate my home with a place of peace. Like it's a place of peace for me. It's a place where I want to feel at peace and calm. And I think that's why I get so bothered with working from home sometimes because it causes me to feel so stressed out and disrupted in my own home. And too many loud noises can just make me feel really overstimulated. And then all of a sudden I like get really overwhelmed. And I think we have a you know, responsibility to be like have an awareness of our own triggers and do our best to like mitigate our interactions with them. And honestly, just like knowing what those are and just doing your best to keep yourself from those situations. So if you're somebody who like in general cannot stand loud situations, loud areas, whatever, then like don't go to a huge bar, you know, like don't go to a concert, like things like that and just be aware of those things. And next is to cut the people pleasing and learn how to say no. And this is one of the biggest disturbances of peace for me. I know I've kind of talked on it already. Like if I feel obligated to go to something, but I'm feeling like just utterly drained at the end of the week and I force myself to go to it, it's going to stir up some feelings of like discontentment for me. And, you know, if somebody asks a favor of you and it inconveniences you, but you don't know how to say no, you're prioritizing their time and their wants and needs over your own. And granted, I do think there is a time and a place where you probably should help others and your friends or family, even if it does inconvenience you, but it's truly a situational um, thing that you have to like look at on a situation by situation basis. You know, if somebody truly needs your help, there's a difference between that and somebody knowing that you'll say yes and that person taking advantage of you because they know you'll say yes. And that was something huge in college for me that I like struggled with a lot and even high school just like the people pleasing was horrible it still is sometimes and you know I think a lot of people knew that I would always you know it could be something as simple as like in college like somebody that you're like an acquaintance with in your class they always know that you'll like have a study guide made for a test so they'll always ask you for it but it's like if that bothers you which like that never bothered me personally really like I didn't ever get like super angry about that or anything like I think there were times I did but I kind of got over it because I was just like you know whatever like they're they're probably gonna help me with something eventually um and then if they didn't then like it is what it is but that's just like an example of it you know like don't like be able to say no or just ignore them and um you don't have to please everybody that like you come in contact with and it's not like your job to make sure every single person is pleased at like their utmost capacity like you can say no to people and they'll figure it out like it's not your job to you know tend to their every need and the next thing is to be selective in your fights and your battles you know whether these are internal with yourself or external with others some conversations and arguments just aren't worth having because they literally are not productive you know try to get in the habit of asking yourself each time you're feeling the need to sort of be defensive or engage in an argument what am I trying to resolve by like saying this or having this reaction or will this resolve anything? And if you can't answer those questions or if the answer is negligible, then don't even bother with having that argument and having that that defensive conversation or whatever it is, or maybe you're on the offensive of it. I don't know. Um, Chances are if you just pass, pass that by, like let it, let it go you won't even think twice about it if it's so negligible like that. And if it, if it keeps resurfacing, then it may be worth revisiting, of course, because then it's like, you know, probably indicative of a bigger problem or a bigger issue if it keeps resurfacing and it maybe is something that you need to tend to. 
But a lot of the times, if you can't really answer, like, what is this going to resolve or what am I trying to resolve, then it's just sort of an in-the-moment type of thing that isn't really necessary and isn't going to do much for you or the other person. And next is to be clear about your wants and your needs. This is so important for friendships and relationships and you just can't expect everyone to be on the same page as you and you can't expect others to read your mind and like know your expectations. If you're not communicating your expectations with other people, you can't get mad when they don't meet your expectations. And this is different from like the standard and bare minimum. Like if somebody isn't like doing the bare minimum, like those sort of unspoken understandings and unspoken expectations in sense of like just being a nice person and being a good human being, that's a completely different story. I'm saying like expectations you have in your friendships, expectations you have in your family, expectations you have in your relationship, at work, whatever. Communicate that because you are going to get so upset over and over and over again when you're consistently feeling like you're being let down when in reality it's just a lack of communication of expectations because if you're not communicating them, then you're setting yourself up for those not to be met because the other person isn't going to know about them. But then if you communicate the expectations and the other person isn't meeting them after you've communicated them many, many times and it's a reasonable ask of that person, then that's time for you to have, you know, like a different conversation. But in general, um, you know, be clear about your wants and needs and communicate your expectations and that will save you a lot of internal disturbance and it will keep you at peace. Next is to stop forcing things and meet others where they're at instead of seeing people for what or who they could be. This is freaking huge. Um, I feel like all through like high school and just a lot of my life, I my natural tendency is to like see people for like their best potential instead of seeing people like where they're at and taking them for like what they're giving me. And what people, like, show you and what people give you is who they are and that's how they feel. You know, don't try in your mind to, like, manipulate what people are giving you for the sake of fitting the narrative that you want. And that's because it will literally set yourself up for hurt and disappointment if you're constantly doing that. Just let situations and your relationships with other people be what they are instead of what you think it should be. And I think you'll be a lot happier if you can do that because you're not creating these like false people in your head out of the real people that are like in front of you. And you're likely to just make the most of what you're given because you're not so focused on achieving the image in your head, if that makes sense. And last but not least is practicing gratitude and taking time to recognize your accomplishments. So... I'm sure y'all knew this was coming, but practicing gratitude is so important. And I think it does a lot with keeping you out of state of peace because reminding yourself of all that you have to be grateful for, it doesn't necessarily take away from your stresses and anxiety. And it definitely does not, um, like it's not to replace those things and it doesn't get rid of it, but it's like, it helps it a lot because it reminds you of all the good Because when you're focusing on all the bad, you're only going to see the bad. But if you can sprinkle some good in there and practice gratitude, like the bad's not going to feel as bad. And taking time to recognize your accomplishments, I put that in here just because we always, or at least if you're anything like me and you just are maybe a perfectionist or you're just like constantly feeling the need to do more or to be better or do better, 
you can get so caught up in like constantly having to be achieving something that you're not ever taking the time to recognize your accomplishments and being so caught up and feeling the need to be accomplishing something is something that does disturb your inner peace because you will feel behind if you aren't achieving something or you will feel inferior or you'll have imposter syndrome if you don't achieve something or do something a certain way. And taking time to recognize your accomplishments is a way to you know, applaud yourself internally and just like be proud of yourself and take a moment to recognize what your efforts have gotten you and recognize that, you know, you're enough regardless. And that is a great way to keep your peace. So with all of this being said in this very long episode, it's important to protect your peace internally so you can help limit any external things affecting you. However, while it's important to know that and to practice these things, you don't want to close yourself off entirely and so much to where you're not taking any risks or not allowing yourself to incorporate some degree of spontaneity in your life. And I think the key is finding and identifying the areas in life that you feel a little more comfortable in and allowing yourself to just gradually take on more risk and be more spontaneous in those areas. And as you get more comfortable in those new areas of life, adapt and take on more risks in those areas as you change and grow. Because without spontaneity and taking risks, we really keep ourselves in a bubble for the sake of protecting ourselves. But in reality, you know, we can't 100% protect ourselves from everything because not everything is in our control. And you can't have this perfectionist approach or perspective of protecting your peace or you will be very disturbed when things outside of your control start to affect you. And truly protecting your peace is doing what you can to keep yourself internally stable while knowing and understanding that you can't fully protect yourself from all of the external. But if you have that strong foundation internally and you're cognizant of it and not so naive to think that nothing will ever disturb your peace – you will achieve a much more healthy balance and approach of protecting your peace and be prepared anytime the inevitable and unprecedented external factors do come at you. And that's why it's so, so important to know how to protect your peace and protect your peace. But I think that whole last bit is also very important to remember because you don't want to be so protective of your peace to where like you're not taking any risk and you're not allowing any level of like change into your life because then you're just like damaging yourself by keeping yourself in a bubble and you don't want to do that either so I hope this help uh, episode was helpful for you guys I needed it myself and I like can't wait to just like really focus on a few of those core things and like really work on getting them into my toolkit full-time and permanently um so that I can use them more often to protect my peace but I hope it was helpful for you guys be sure to follow in bloom podcast on instagram it's just at in bloom podcast and join the in bloom podcast facebook group as well and i love you all so much i'm so grateful for each and every one of you and i hope all of you have a wonderful day or night when you're listening to this and i will talk to you all next week